Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lion's Den. Hopefully everything is good with you. I already asked you, make sure you hit the share button, y'all. This is where we get it in as gentlemen, as lions, as kings, right? To talk about everything, leadership, growth, and development, and action, right? Stop talking about that junk and get outside there and make it happen. Big Nate, man, what's popping, man? How you feel? Man, I'm doing well. How you brothers doing? Man, slow motion, man, mm-hmm. slow motion, man. Hey, hey! So look, ladies and gentlemen, this weather out here is uh is getting kind of janky. So bear with us. I don't know what happened. There's like a whole cloud of just craziness. So you know, I think we're gonna get it good. So how was your weekend, man? It was good. Um, you know, just relaxing. You know, just that's pretty much it. How about yours? Hold on. First of all, <clears throat> what we're not gonna just do is just breeze through the fact that <laughs> my hands, right? Not only my mans but ladies and gentlemen this brother right here has been nominated as the amc size john nominee y'all you know what i'm saying bro so i mean how you feel man what is it just like work what's that how you feel i feel great man i'm very fortunate and it's it's timing you know timing just all happen to be right so i'm very fortunate Outstanding, man. Well, listen, let you know that we all are proud of you, man. Keep doing that. Group. Appreciate you, brothers. Doing it. Yo, Larry, what's popping, man? Hey, man, besides this crazy weather today, it's been a good weekend, man. I've been resting. I The last four weekends been crazy, so I ain't do nothing this weekend, and I'm proud of it. You ain't doing <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I've been relaxing, cleaning up my house, and just getting prepared for the show and just this crazy week that's about to happen with this whole enlisted grade allocation thing going on across yeah. the command. It's going to get hectic, man. So that's why I made sure this weekend was quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can dig it, man. That's how I do. That's what it's about. Well, look, y'all, this weekend I had the opportunity, y'all, to hit up Dallas, man, for the podcast uh, movement, bro. It was It's the largest podcast networking event in the United States, bro had the great opportunity not only to connect with some outstanding individuals and some, uh, you know, just content creators, executives and all that. But I also had the privilege of meeting this young lady that we're going to be on with y'all. So, so we need to caveat some things, right? Go ahead, Larry. I'll let you talk about it first. As far as this, our family secrets. Absolutely. So typically if I were to ask you when you hear something called family secrets, what comes to mind? Most people would think, Sexual assault, sexual harassment, rape, things of that nature. But, you know, family secrets is more than just that particular subject. It can be of of a variety of things, such as, you know, adopted kid in the family and we don't tell them that they're adopted until they're 18. It could be family secrets with addictions and things of that nature. It can be family secrets where the dad may like to wear women's drawers and, and the spouse knows, but the kids Wait, don't. Hold on. Hold on, listen, I'm look. serious. Look, before you say that, let's make it let's make this clear. Y'all, ladies and gentlemen, Larry found this mess, okay? Different <laughs> family common types, yeah. And, and so tell now what is it that the family found out? Who what so, so so the, the, the kids, you know, as they get older, they start seeing things. And I don't know if maybe they saw him going into the refrigerator or bending over and picking up something and, and saw that he was wearing female drawers. It was know, a so I was saying, 
<laughs> it was yeah. So and that was his thing that the spouse understood it and she didn't tell the kids. But it, at some point they figured it out, you know, and they don't talk about it. But they like, hey, dad likes to wear women's underwear. Right. So I just want to paint the picture that you know when you think about family secrets, it's not just you know Uncle Joe like to touch on little cousins and nieces and all that stuff. You know, family secrets can be just about anything. It, it just about everything under the sun. The things that we don't talk about within the family, but folks are aware of or may not be aware of. And so you're absolutely right. And and with that, to that point, you know, essentially family secrets are things that the family refuse to tell the individuals for whatever reason. But the thing is, is that it can be harmful as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got the we, we're going to have this conversation on not just what family secrets are, but what can it do? All right. Uh, first of all, yo, Nate, man, what you think about family secrets, bro? You know, family secrets is one of those things that can either be the beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There's pros and cons to everything, or it can definitely damage, you know, the household. Um, and so I think it's imperative that, you know, everyone has that steady balance. You know, there's a time and place for everything. We talked about this earlier. The time, it just has to be right. And, you know, as we're talking about these things, it's best to bring people, you know, into the loop of what's going on because people want to know. So, uh, I think it's a time and place when to have that conversation and, um, and, uh, it's definitely needed. So, yeah, no, I feel you. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. It's my warm, warm, warm privilege y'all to bring in miss, uh, Sabrina Ford, just so y'all a little bit about her, right? She's super, super dope. All right. She is the founder of the women's with purpose tour, right? She's a photographer and all that super dope individual down there in the great state of Texas, but Dallas to be exact y'all. She's super, super dope. And, and just a very warm spirit. Y'all give it up for miss Sabrina. Hey, hey, hey. So what's going on, ma'am? How you doing? What's going on, Miss Annette and everybody out there? I see y'all watching y'all. Let us know where y'all at right now, tuning in. So what's going on, ma'am? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thank y'all for having me. No, no doubt. And and listen, thank you, too, for the connection, right, for the business meeting, all of that. We we got some things that's going to be popping, right? Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Well, look, just introduce yourself uh, to to the Lions and and to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do down there. Well, I'm Sabrina Ford. Uh, Like you said, I'm the founder of the Women With Purpose Tour. It's an empowerment tour for women entrepreneurs. So we help them grow and scale their businesses. I'm also a podcast host. My podcast is called Hidden Images Podcast. And uh, I make it a mission to interview uh, African-American and Hispanic entrepreneurs. Um, I'm also a photographer, a boudoir photographer, to be specific. Uh, that's what I'm growing my niche in. And I'm also, uh, I like to consider myself a boudoir model as well. So uh, I got in my hands in a number of things. Um, I help our clients with social media management, um, videography, photography, anything you name it. That just helps build brand awareness for small business owners. Right. So now you know what the first question is about to be, right? Did you say bourgeois? Bourgeois? <laughs> Boudoir. Boudoir. Go ahead and, 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 and sprinkle a little bit of knowledge on some folks. Help me out. Uh, it's the like the risque type photo shoots where women in, or men in lingerie or men attire. And I do couples boudoir sessions as well. Um, but uh, typically uh, a new bride might take those type of photos for her future husband. 
So those are the typical clients you get with Booty Right on. Okay, cool. So Miss Sabrina, I'm free. Go ahead, uh, Nate. You got the first question, bro. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, as I think about this, right, um, and thank you for your background for uh for taking the time out of your business schedule uh we're here to talk about you know family secrets right mm -hmm. and uh we're just gonna go ahead and just dive right into it um family secrets uh do you feel right that uh they they are there are pros to having family secrets or it's both pros and cons and then if you have any examples that you wish to share uh please um please elaborate on that um, oh, I, I can't think of any pro uh, about any type of family secret that involves other people. Um, uh, definitely anything that you're harboring that involves someone else that could potentially harm them if they find out in the future. Um, definitely, that's something that, that should be discussed. You know, and I think that being a black woman in the black community, we harbor too many secrets. Um, inside of our families. And I think that it's just time to start um, telling people not to be afraid to use their voice to step up and reveal secrets that they may not want to be revealed. And so you asked, you know, about anything that I may have gone through. And that is something that I experienced is that. So when I was 12, um, my grandfather, he tried to approach me and kiss me in my mouth and I knew that it wasn't right. And so the next day I told my aunt and after I told my aunt, the big family secret came out that he had done some things to my mom, my aunt, I, th I think all of my aunts. I don't even know the full story because even after it came out, there was still more secrets being harbored because nobody wanted to talk about it still. And we found out that he had done something to my sister as well, as far as like physically touching her. And so the, the family secret just came out. And from there, it was just like, what did I do? I feel like I broke up my family, even though I did the right thing. And I would tell anybody, no matter what age, speak up. If you feel like somebody has touched you, violated you in any type of way, speak up. And just like you gentlemen said, those aren't the only secrets that are being harbored in, you know, different types of families. That's just happened to be in my family. Mm. Wow. Well, look, thank you for that. And go ahead, Larry. Well, Miss Sabrina, you know, thanks for sharing it. And, you know, just to I don't want to dive in too deep into it, but I just want to know. So if that happened to previous family members outside of, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like it's a generational thing. Yeah. Can you can you go into or maybe, you know, once you guys got past the, hey, this is what granddad was doing. How was the family reacting as to why nobody actually shared this as it happened, you know, the first time, the second time, the third time before it got all the way to you? You know, can we talk about why is it in our community? We kind of just, you know, brush that under the rug versus actually addressing it. You know, that's a question I'm still trying to answer myself, because even as an adult, you know, I tried asking certain family members, even my mom, like, mom, like if if you knew that this happened to you, even if you didn't know it happened to your sisters, why would you bring us around him at all for that to potentially happen again? And 
she honestly just couldn't answer the question. I, I don't, I couldn't even tell you her answer. So I, I just feel like there's still to this day, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to, dis nobody wants to discuss what happened. And it's like, he's not here anymore. And when he was here, it was still this protection for him that nobody wanted to discuss it or speak anything bad on him. But the truth is out there. If you research it, you can see, you know, clearly he was arrested for that particular crime. And to this day, it's like nobody wants to talk about it. It's, it's almost like a, we're adults now, so get over it. You know, and I think that's the most hurtful part about it, trying to to grow into an adult or growing into an adult and wanting to discuss the pain and wanting to discuss the trauma, but nobody wants to deal with it. When you say, um, when you say no one wants to deal with it, is that because it's reliving the moment? Is it, um, is it in bed? Is it, um, what, what, what would be um, that reason why? You know, for my mom, it, it's it's just like, you know, she just doesn't want to talk about it. You know, she doesn't. And I've, I've even tried to talk about it, you know, to one of my aunts and she just kind of brushes it off. You know, she'll skip over the subject and we end up talking about something else. You know, there's still it's like, I don't know. There's still secrets. I don't know. And even when that happened, that happened around 1999. And right after that, one of my uncles, who we all we all grew up as a tight knit family, but one of my uncles, right after that happened, he disappeared, and we never heard from him again. Even to this day, we don't know where he is. So we were thinking, like, well, did he have did he did he know what was going on, or did something happen to him, and maybe he's too embarrassed because he's a man, and. That's why he didn't want to say anything. Did something happen to the men in the family? Because none of the men said anything happened to them. But why did he disappear? You know what? Um, first of all, I appreciate you, right, again, sharing this. And let's be honest, everybody, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, family, this is things that we act like is not real. And you know what it is. And again, like we were saying earlier, it can be anything, for example. Yeah. There's family members out there that low key don't know they uncle is really their daddy and their daddy is really their uncle, right? So they got a a, a dunkle. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Don't nobody want to have those type of conversation. But my question is for you: when you told your mother, what did she say? See, the thing is, the relationship between my mom and I were kind of strained. I couldn't even tell her. I told my aunt. And so that that wasn't the first time something like that happened to me. When I was around eight years old, um, I spent the night at one of my babysitter's home and her father came in drunk one night and <clears throat> I was laying on her couch and her father laid beside me on the floor, pulled me off the couch and made me touch him. So as soon as daylight came, it was like six o'clock in the morning. I'm eight years old. I'm running home. I tell my mom, I tell the babysitter what happens. I tell the babysitter what happens. She literally slaps me silly. Like you're a liar. That didn't happen to you. And it happened to me. My mom, she didn't really take it seriously. So that's why when that happened, when I was 12, I didn't 
trust to trust my mom to tell her, you know. So that's why I told my aunt because my aunt, she's a fierce woman. Like I knew which aunt to go to. Mm-hmm. I knew which aunt to, you know, she's a fighter. So, you know, I, I told her and then from there it was like action, action happened. And, and that's when everything just came out, you know. What did that do for you moving forward? I mean, it's unfortunate this occurred at a young age for you. Uh, what was your trust like moving forward as you continue your adolescent years into your adult years? Did you still uh, did you still suffer, you know, uh, from that? Uh, how were you able to bounce back? How were you track, you know, uh, in me and 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 trust for and understand how were you able to capitalize off of that and show that resiliency you know it was hard you know at 12 years old when you you tell something that you know is right that that any 12 year old should should tell if that happens to them whether it's a boy or a girl happening from a man or a woman um it was hard after that that's when my family kind of broke up my grandfather of course had to leave the home my grandmother was in the home by herself like I said, my uncle disappeared after that. I felt like I broke up my family and I was devastated as a teenager. I felt like I was I was always the outcast because I always was the type of person to speak up for myself. That's why when it happened, I spoke up, you know, but I always felt like, dang, I broke up my family. But I did the right thing. I just I always had to reassure myself. I did the right thing. though. I did the right thing. And even to this day, you know. I still have to tell myself I did the right thing, even though for a long time it's like, dang, I broke up my family. I what did I do? You know, but you know, I was I was an angry teenager, you know. Um, I think that was part of the problem. Um I lost a lot of trust issues because, you know, after it happened, I was thinking like, what don't I remember? I, I really just started to really think like if I remember that. What don't I remember when I was even younger girl being around him? I trusted my grandfather. I looked up to him. I loved him. He used to take us fishing. I mean, we feed the chickens, the pigs like we had a healthy relationship. So I thought, you know, but it, it was it was heartbreaking, you know, just to see my family just separate right after that happened. And then, you know, being 12 years old, thinking that I'm the cause of it and then constantly just having to reassure myself you know, you did the right thing. You were supposed to tell. That's what any 12-year-old should do. And I'm sorry, brothers. I just got to add on to that, if you don't mind. When did you find in yourself that you no longer blamed yourself for that? You know what? Honestly, if I'm 100% honest with you guys, until, and I don't know if this will ever happen, but until we decide to sit down as a family and really talk about it, I don't know if I ever feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I I didn't break up my family because none of us really have sat down and really just talked about it. And I, I do remember, you know, them having like a meeting or something about it. You know, I vaguely remember it. Uh, a couple of my aunts and my mom, but as far as me and my sister, you know, because my sister went through it too. And even like, I love you, sis, but even I feel like she's a little brainwashed into throwing it away. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk about it either. And it happened to her as well. Oh, 
so listen, uh, Nate has been uh, asking these questions that's been on our minds, right? So I know that uh, Larry got a, got a question. So not in his mind, he got the thing. But the the deal is, is damn, I, we we go through life as though sometimes, right? There's certain families that say, well, you know, that's just how he is, or that's just how she is. No, this is traumatizing. Yeah. You get what I mean? Because now you have some individuals. Let's be honest. We said we have some individuals that question, right, their own sexuality because of what has happened to them. The thing is, the, the, the misconception is, OK, it might have felt good, but I know it wasn't right. You get what I'm saying? So am I this way or am I, you know what I mean? Or was I a target? So my question to you is, did you feel as though you did something? Like, did you feel guilty, not just for breaking up the family? Do you feel as though you did something when you were young or even growing up that you were the problem? And if you did, did you stop that? What I mean by that is you did something to attract him to do that because you were too young to understand mental illness right so did you ever in your mind say you know what maybe i should not dress a certain way to provoke men or maybe i shouldn't do maybe that's what happened like did that ever cross your mind no no that never crossed my mind um nothing like that we um it, that that i never blamed myself for what he did it was always me feeling like, well, me just speaking my voice. Like I've always, I have never been afraid to push back, speak up, be, you know, speak out against anything. You know, I, I really being on anti-bullying and all that type of stuff. So, you know, even as a child, I always had a voice. Um, and, you know, with him doing that, I, I really don't know what, what his thought process was, but he should have known I was going to say something because I've always had a voice, you know? So no, there was never anything in my mind that I felt like, you know, or it, I did something or I dressed a certain way, you know, I've really never been that type of, that type of provocative person um, back then. <laughs> yeah. I'm an adult now. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Wow. All right. So here's my question for you, man. So <clears throat> during the day or during my morning routine, I typically listen to motivational videos as I'm going, getting dressed and starting my day. And the common thing that I hear in some of these speakers is, um, you know, we all go through things. We've all been through things. Some of us have been the victims of things. Right. But the key part is not just what has happened to me, but it's how do I recover after it's happened? And how do I own that piece of it to where it doesn't torment me through the rest of my life? And so my question to you is, have you forgiven your grandfather first off? And then how has that once you've forgiven him, how does how has that helped trans, you know, you as you go through your life, taking the onus off you and being the blame of breaking up your family and all that stuff? And you just like, you know, I did the right thing. It is what it is, you know, and I just press on and move on with my life so that this doesn't daunt me the rest of it. You know what? No, I, I haven't forgiven him and he's transitioned on now. And um, I still uh, I still haven't I haven't said that out loud. I haven't prayed on it. I, ha I just I haven't forgiven him for it. 
Um, and I know it, it you, you forgive and forget is supposed to be, you know, what you're supposed to do. But right, right now it's just like a lot of these childhood traumas have brought come into my adulthood life. And so it's like, I'm trying to talk about it with my family so that I can forgive because I still want to know and I still want to understand a lot of things that happen. I still, I, I like, where's my uncle? Where's your brother? Where's your, like, where is he? Like what happened? There's just so much more to it. And I wish that we could just come together and finally just help each other heal. You know, if you know, this happened and, you know, it's time for us to talk about it. You know, it's it's time for us to sit down and really just hear each other out and understand each other so that the healing process and their forgiveness can begin. You know, it's it's hard for me to just deal with things myself. And that's a personal issue, I think, that I do have. Um, I have I feel like I have to kind of talk to people almost like a therapist like and maybe honestly maybe that's what I need you know I'm I'm that's probably what I do need but that's why I'm trying to pull more information from my mom so that I can understand so that I can work on their forgiveness part. Mm. Okay. And, and as a follow up, right? So you haven't forgiven him, right? Mm-hmm. So what have you done as far as um your resiliency, your mental peace? Have you been through therapy? Have you gone through counseling? You know, how have you dealt with this to the point where you actually on this show having a conversation with us is what I'm asking. Shows like this, you know, this is not the first time that I've had the opportunity to open up, you know, about it. Um, I spoke on generational trauma um, on another podcast. And so me having my own podcast and being able just to use my voice and talk about it now. Um, I think that's just going to force more conversations to happen. And maybe somebody in my family might see this and might actually say, okay, well, Sabrina, she's really still hurting about this. Let, let's really sit down and talk to her about it. I, maybe they don't know, but I've, I know I've expressed it, you know, but maybe they don't really understand that I really just want us to come together as a family, talk about it so that we can all heal from it. You know what? I appreciate that. Um, and I would say, just keep trying. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You just keep trying. Um, I think that's important. You want to keep on trying because you never know. But um, here, I do want to um, ask this question here. It says, so how do you help someone who confides in you about this but doesn't want their secret shared? So do you hold on, right? Do you hold it or tell or tell so others won't be harmed? Okay. So what? Like, how do you do that? Well, I mean, just like we're doing now, um, it's my story too. If an, if your story involves other people, that's just what it is. It, it's hard for me to share my story without sharing other people's story as well. Um, but I'm not going to hold back. You know, they're just going to have to forgive me, or they're, we're just going to have to talk about it. Let, let's work this out. Let's. It's time to talk about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that just forces that conversation, you know, that needs to be had. And maybe somebody else wants to talk about it, but they're afraid. And 
here it is. It's it's time to just put it on the flat on the platform and let's just get it out there. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What you got, Nate? I see you finally back on. You got your internet situated? Man, I don't know what's going on, brother. Um maybe my internet got some secrets. I don't know. But hey, um no, I I don't know if this already been uh asked. My question was was that um have you stopped living because you went through these um unfortunate circumstances and uh, part two to that have you sought counseling for yourself if you don't mind sharing oh yeah yeah she answered that but go ahead i'll let you hit it again uh yeah no not yet i mean like i was just saying like topics like this being on this podcast uh being on other platforms um you know this is for me i look at it for some people as as therapy you know, because not everyone can can afford therapy. Um, and, and that's just where a lot of people are. Um, so just being able to talk about it with with the, any listening ear is comforting. It's comforting. And so um, until my family are willing to be that listening ear, I think that I always have questions and I always wonder in the back of my head, why, why, why? So, so the question I got for you: Do you have children? I I didn't know if we captured. I don't. Okay. So, so if you were to have children, or you know, you got God's kids, or anything of that nature, um, do you find? Would you find yourself saying things, whereas you kind of come, kind of give them a pre-brief before they go over someone's house, and like, hey. There's some things that you need to be aware of. This is not cool. If somebody say, look, this is our little secret. No, that's not our little secret. Because I find in, in my family with my children, we have these conversations when I allow my kids to go over. I don't care if it's family members, houses, mm-hmm. friends, houses, whatever. We have those kind of those pre-brief conversations like, yo, this is if someone tells you this is our secret, this is between us and they want to touch your private areas. You better tell me mm-hmm. you better have. You better wholeheartedly come have that conversation with me. And then when they come back home, we kind of just, you know, I don't act, hey, did someone actually come out and touch you? But I'll ask, hey, is there anything going on? Is there something you want to talk to me about? Do you, you know, I, and I watch their actions, too. So do you think as far as whether you have children or if there's some God's kids or your nieces and nephews, do you find yourself like asking those kind of questions? Being oh, yeah. Protective? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um- I am. I'm an overprotective auntie. Like all my nieces and nephews know it. Like I'm super overprotective with them, even down to the type of music that they listen to. Like, uh, and like I'm not a mom yet, but like with my nieces, they're twins. I have those conversations with them. And, you know, sometimes my sister's like, oh, you're going just a little too deep. I'm like, no, I'm not because it happens. They need to know as little girls, Uncle Willie is not supposed to touch you. Even your father, I tell them to their, your father is not supposed to, even your mom, like nobody is supposed to touch you in any type of way that makes you uncomfortable. And so uh, I think my nieces get it because I really drill it into them. Um, And and, and then as far as my my nephews, they're they're a little harder to talk to. Um, So I just, I kind of leave that up to their uncles and their fathers for that conversation. Um, But uh, definitely with my nieces, I'm I'm making a mission to talk to them about it. Definitely. You know what? You're absolutely right. And I'm glad you do. Right. I have to have these conversations with my daughter as well. And not necessarily, 
you know, scare them. You know, it's not that you scare straight. Like, look, they're coming to get you. You know, it's yeah. not like that, right? But it's real talk. And yeah. then also, too, for the young men, you know, and, and, and I have to be completely honest, like, being younger, you would love the fact of seeing Miss Parker. Knowing Miss Parker, you ain't nothing but like 13 and 12, and here she is 40 something. Like, it's still, it's still out of line. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it damages. I forget who it was that said they were in a situation like that. I think it was Dale Hughley or something like that, or a, a, a comedian, somebody. But they expressed that, hey, um, there was an older woman right was coming at me and it had to take my mother say hey you need to get out of my out my son's face type mm -hmm. of thing you know what i mean yeah. so so we got to make sure that we we're having those conversations on both sides of the mm -hmm. fence you know what i'm saying because these is some women out here that's out of line and even mm -hmm. within the family household you know what i'm saying but go ahead nate you was about to say something bro go ahead no, I just got to say, you know, this is very important, right? We have to break those generational curses, yeah. right? Those are the number one things that play, you know, each of the household, whether it may be, you know, a father's not circumstances, uneventful circumstances such as these, you know, that we're talking about to this day. I, I pride you on the fact that, you know, you're willing to have those conversations and you're willing to be open. And, you know, to be honest with you, it is never too early. Right. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. It is never too early to, you know, have these conversations, you know, to get, you know, you know, young children involved in and to continue to educate uh, him or her to make sure that they have the tools that they need to be, you know, ready for life because it's not easy. Right. The, the life is not easy. Life is hard. You know, you got to think of all the stigmas that come with that, you know, peer pressure, you know, all those things. So um, I'm, I'm grateful uh, of the fact that, you know, you are taking that leap to have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, platforms like this. So I appreciate you guys for, you know, allowing me to, you know, share my voice. And so it's just it's just real appreciative on my end as well. Hopefully somebody hears this and, you know, if if. It encourages somebody to step up and to speak up if they know that something's going wrong with them, whether it's a family member, a teacher, a friend, a neighbor, a sibling, you know, definitely don't be afraid to speak up, you know, and you're not doing the wrong thing. You're supposed to speak up. And it's just, you know, I think it's it's harder for children to speak up if their parents aren't um, involved or asking questions. I think that's important. You know, I'm not a parent yet, but I do understand, you know, what, what it takes to be a parent. So I, I pride you guys because you guys are always talking about how you guys are active and you're involved in your children's life and you're asking those questions. And I think that's highly important. Yeah. And, and so a question I got for you too, is outside of the, the, um, podcast platform are you utilizing other uh organizations you know like big brother big sister the foster care system uh other platforms that allow you to be an advocate to those children that are affected by something like this um do you find yourself being an advocate and, and saying hey i've been through this here's 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 what i know i know how you feel in here's what i would do if i were in your shoes do or do you find yourself being a mentor to to other young kids that, that have been going through something like this is what I'm asking. I definitely can see myself doing that. I haven't dove into that yet, um, but there are, um, I have thought about things like that. 
um, especially, um, you know, with me uh, being bilingual, I definitely want to be a voice for the black and the brown community. Um, so I definitely have thought about that. And, and that is a path that I'm taking, especially being the founder of the Win With Purpose Tour. Um, that's part of what the platform is for. You know, it's not only just for us women entrepreneurs to share our journey, but also our testimonies um, and personal testimonies as well. So I'm definitely building a platform for it. And I definitely will uh, see myself uh, getting involved in, in community outreach and things like that so that I can be a voice and help other children as well. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a great, great question, uh, Larry. And mm -hmm. also, too, I would encourage you too to um, not just get that type of, you know, help to find out or not get the help to find out, get the help to heal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think it's important because what happens is we can hold on to old bricks from an old house trying to build a new one. You dig what I'm saying? And that, that's that's an oxymoron. That doesn't happen. You the same old crib. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But in order to build something new, you have to do something different. And you know, the crazy part is, it's not easy. It's hard. It's necessary. And there may be some things just like you hit on that you might not have known that was out of line. But until you start digging, like, wait a minute, this happened too. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You have to be ready for that. You know what I'm saying? So I guess the question is, are you ready to take that step? And if you are, what would be your first step? Yeah, I'm ready to take that, that first step or the steps. You know, I think my first step would be to uh, find a way to communicate with my mom. I think that's the first person I probably would need to uh, continue to try to uh, maybe take baby steps with and kind of talk to, to her about it. Maybe a different approach I need to take, you know, and I'm sure she's still uh, traumatized as well. I mean, because for it to happen to her and then for her to bring us around him, there still had to be some type of trauma going on uh, for you, for anyone to allow that to not allow it to happen, but to bring your children in an environment where something happened to you and now it's possibly could happen to your children as well. So there has to be some type of a trauma that she's still dealing with. So I have to understand that. And maybe that's why it's taken her a while to speak about it. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, Nate. So here you go. You ever, go ahead. No, I was going to say if uh, speaking, you know, um, in the time, do you think that time will ever come? And if, if, uh, and if not, right. Um, do you think that you may have to take a more, a, approach, you know, to starting that conversation for it or the two happen? Oh, that's a good question because you're right. Like what, what happens if that time never comes? So I think, you know, the approach to take would be the advocacy, you know, just like you guys just mentioned, um, being able to help other children, you know, heal through their trauma. Uh, being being a voice for the community, that would be the more uh, approach that uh, I would need to take. Uh, you know, especially if uh, like my family may not still still not want to talk about it. So I can't force them to talk about it. Um, I can't force my mom to have these conversations. Um, but 
once it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, she she just really just doesn't want to deal with it. Um, yeah, that that approach would be just getting out in the community and being a voice. Love it. Yep. Okay. Hey, Sabrina, I want to I want to touch on this, right? Is is this what I'm reading? This subject. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a question from one of our audience members. It says, this subject applies to health secrets as well. Mm-hmm. When I went through my breast cancer a few years ago, I went in for genetics testing and a questionnaire asked about my family medical history. A lot of the questions I couldn't answer pertaining to my cousins, aunts, uncles, etc. This was disturbing and disheartening, especially because of the significance of the situation. We must do better as a community. So what are your thoughts on that as far as knowing the family history and being able to answer some of these questions about genetics when you're going through something as, as, as far as cancer? I, I think that's very important. Um, I kind of went through that too, not, not cancer or anything, but as far as like not knowing who I was uh, culturally or genetically, because like um, my mom and my biological father separated when I was like three. So I really don't remember or didn't remember who he was growing up. Right. So by the time my mom met my sister, uh, my sister's dad, um, I grew up thinking he was my father. Like I did not know that he wasn't my biological father and that I my biological father was a Nigerian man from Nigeria. He came here from the States. I didn't know my culture. I didn't know anything about me um, until I was about 13 years old. And one of my aunts, uh, out of spite, because I did something, I forget what I did. Um, she was just like, that's why uh, Robert Jr. isn't your daddy anyway. And that's when I started asking questions like, a bitch. who is my father? Wait yeah. a minute. So look, it, take, it took somebody to have an attitude and say, that's why I ain't your daddy. What? Yes, yes. Ain't that horrible? Yes, yes, that's what happened. I remember I was um, I, 12 or 13 years old. 13, I believe. Um, but yes, um, yeah, my aunt got mad at me because I did something to her son or something. And it's like, yeah, that's why Robert Jr. isn't your daddy anyway. So I started asking my mom, well, who is my dad? Who, what is going on here? Um, and so that's when I found out at 13, I'm, I'm half Nigerian. My father, he's from Nigeria. He came to the States at 14, made a lucrative career for himself here as a pilot. Um, and I was like, dang, mom, because my dad is very successful. And I'm like, we grew up kind of poor. You didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't think to ship me off to my daddy, right? <laughs> but um, you know that that was another identity crisis I had as, as a teenager. You know, so that with the whole grandfather situation, being a teenager, that's part of the reason why I'm not gonna lie. I was an angry teenager, um, so. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> I see. And you know what? I'm sorry. All this, you had a lot of secrets going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're finding out at the worst time. All right, here's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. by the way, you know, that's horrible. You yeah. know, it's crazy too. Cause Larry, I know you can attest to this, right? Because we just have family reunions. Right. And mm-hmm. one of our, um, uh, one of our cousins got, gave a little speech and he says this often, but it hit harder. He said, hey, we need to stop not talking about our health, mm-hmm. right? He says, like, for our men, go get checked. 
you know yeah. what time it is. You need to do this. And the the women in our family, we have a history of breast issues. You get what I'm saying? So as you see in our young women, right, come up in the family, like, hey, check yourself. Make sure your diet is good. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that may be genetics, right? But there's also things that's not like diabetes. Mm -hmm. You can tell that. Right. You don't have to eat Sunday dinner seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? To kind of like perpetuate death. Like, why are you putting, you know, why are you pressing the gas on dying just because you want to eat good? Right. But we're not having that type of conversation about uh, taking care of the health. But then this is the deal. Y'all know how the soul food movie was. Right. Everybody cried, blah, blah, blah. When Big Mama died. But then after that. They got back to eating the same joint. You get what I'm saying? That helped her to, you know, that caused her to have diabetes. We don't have those type of conversations, and it's jacked up too. Hey, but we love chitlins, ain't that right, Larry? <laughs> That's why you muted. <laughs> That's right, but it's only once a year, man. So don't try to talk me out on that. It's once a year. Larry, the only one I know that made chitlin sandwiches. But but what you think about that though, as far as the health issues though? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, the question is correct. Like we do, we need to start asking those questions, you know, about health and and understanding our background and being not afraid to getting in front of it. You know, if we know we have diabetes running in our family, you know, the younger generation, we need to start getting in front of of our health issues that run in our family. So I think that's very important just to stay on top of it and and be familiar with both sides of your family. That's why it's important to know who you are, you know, who, where you come from, you know. So I think we all should just start having these conversations more often, you know, force people to have these conversations if we have to, you know, yeah. start asking more questions, not being afraid. Mm -hmm. And look here, I'll be real quick. Give my cousin a shout out, Miss Anika, right? And look, she know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, Earl, he get on there, he get on that soapbox, but talking about that health and how important it is. And also too, Miss Cortez, how you doing? She says, more importantly, our ancestors' way of healing versus yeah. pharmaceutical Very uh, true. medicines. So what do you think about that? Definitely should be jumping on uh, more natural uh, home remedies, holistic ways. Um, I, I'm, I'm all with her on that. I'm the one I don't, I hate taking Tylenol. <laughs> I will sit and battle out a headache because I really don't want to, you know, put those, that medicine in my body or any of it. So I, I think that's very important to really, uh, understand, uh, more natural ways of healing, eating, um, healthier, um, finding out which uh, products and which foods, you know, are benefit to our body. Uh, versus not. So I, I think that's very important. I see her saying herbal medicine. Yep. That's very important. Yeah. Oh, either. Oh, look. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, Larry messing with my control uh, controls over here. <laughs> no, I was mm -hmm. looking at Miss Cortez's statement, right? Uh, that's that's very true, you know, <laughs> understanding your family makes plays, you know, into uh, into into your body, right, and making sure that we 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 find those natural um, uh, medicines, you know, and uh, be able to detect that early on. Um, yeah, this is this is um, we talk about health, we talk about mental, 
you know, all this play factor, right? Health, mental, spiritual, physical, uh, all your emotions, you know, uh, plays, uh, plays a role in that process. And, um, and to go back to your earlier statement, um, you know, I think that sometimes, like I said, just to touch on the piece earlier, that denial stage is real, right? The embarrassment stage is real. Yeah. Uh, the toxicity that uh, comes with that, you know, people don't want to relive that. Sure, there's been some moments, you know, within some within your family or, you know, other that are out there where PTSD has, you know, in a toll you know, on, you know, those families as a whole. And that's one of the most critical pieces ever, you know, is, is that PTSD because most most families, they don't want to relive that, you know. And I think that's one of the toughest things that, you know, a family could ever experience and or have to go through and relive those moments. And in the back of their mind, they damn well, damn well that um, your, your proper ability to communicate that, they know, they know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's more of a statement, not more of a, not a question. Yeah, no, I got you. No, that makes sense, man, because you're absolutely right. Going back, I'm going to get you, Larry. But one thing we didn't talk about, and I know we talked about, you know, behind the stage of, yes, this right here. Mental health leads to physical body breakdown. We don't talk about that, right? And look, like Anika says, that PTSD is definitely holding a lot of us, a uh, lot of things back. And that's the deal. We know that some family individuals in our family we know that there's a few screws that's not loose you know what i'm saying or that are loose and we don't really talk about it but the thing is there's chemical a lot of times it's chemical imbalances you know one thing that i've he heard a lot and maybe y'all can touch on this or maybe we don't have to but i've heard in different families maybe it's just a coinky dink oh well, you know what happened uncle so and so somebody put something in this drink Mm. When he wasn't looking, come on, man. Okay, listen. Not saying that that's did not happen. You did what I'm saying, but the thing is, is how are we helping Uncle So and So? You see what I'm saying? We talking about why he out of line, but we're not helping him as a family to get back in line. But I'm gonna land right there. Go ahead, Larry. My fault. Yeah. So, so Sabrina, I, I kind of want to end on this note right here for you, which is why I brought up: Are you advocate? to be an advocate, right, for these other organizations outside of the, the podcast platform. So Big Brother, Big Sister, the foster care system, and whatever other organizations out there that's looking for someone of your voice, your caliber, that can share your experience to help some of these younger folks uh, express how they feel going through those situations. You seem to be pretty strong, right? You said at 12, this happened, and immediately you reported it. I don't know where you got that from. I don't know if that was instilled in you up until, you know, 12, whatever it was. But obviously you come off like even without therapy, you are pretty confident in who you are and you didn't let this deteriorate you and, and drink, bring you down. But there are some folks out here where they go through that same uh, situation you went through and they hooked on drugs. Yeah. You know, they're hyper sexually active for whatever reason, you know, and, and, and their mentality isn't the same as you. So, so, so the question I'm asking you is, is, is to consider being an advocate because you're such a strong woman. I can sense that just by this show to be a voice for those that don't have that strength that you have, because I, I'm a firm believer. Everything in life happens for a reason, even if it's messed up as it is. And I know some folks are opposed to that, but I just think God don't put you in situations you, you can't handle. And that's not trying to get all religious, 
But yeah. you went through this situation. It happened. It seemed like it helped you grow. You know, unfortunately, I, I hate that it was this situation that helped you grow. But what do you think about seriously taking that taking that baton that that's been passed on to you in, in this unfortunate situation and being a voice for those that 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 is not as strong as you? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to take it seriously. You know, it, like I said, the platform that I'm building for myself and other people and other women, um, that's the platform that I'm going to start with. Um, it's not just for women. We have youth involved as well. So we do have uh, two uh, podcast entrepreneurs who are 12 year old girls on the tour as well with us. And so it just starts with bringing on younger voices as well. You know, I think kids talk to other kids so maybe if they see a face and that's familiar to them maybe they won't be afraid to uh speak to you know the ladies that are involved in my organization um so i think it just starts with me um putting together continuing to put together put together my own organization and implementing it inside of the that organization that i'm building so um it, it's definitely coming and um, hopefully by the end of the year, next year, then something like that will definitely be in play. You know what? I can I encourage that and congratulations with that. You know what? grow through that and help individuals along the way. Big Nate, final word, bro. Yeah, um, you know me, I always got a quote, you know, uh, when it comes to these segments. I'm going to use Albert Einstein when he said, I saw with the same level of thinking uh, we used when we created them. And I think that this is a perfect segment moving forward. And thank you for, uh, for being in order for, especially for our young generation, right? And on our, you know, today to leave tomorrow, they, they go through things like this. And it hurts me so much that, you know, we don't know what goes to the of our, you know, future leaders, right? We have these young adolescents going to school. And as I stated before, they have so much that's going on in their heads and not even thinking about these family secrets or anything like that. That's also playing an additional factor yeah. and walk in the day-to-day life. So I appreciate everything that you stand for, everything that you continue to be that, just continue to be that beacon of light is all that I have to say. So thank you so much. Right on. Right on. Mm-hmm. Perfect, Larry. Yeah, so Miss Serena, I, I truly appreciate You went on. You mute again. My mistake. Nope. Yo, y'all, internet, yeah. All right, listen. All right, so here, take this out. Before, yeah, yeah, we got you. Go ahead. All right, so what I wanted to say, Mr. Brennan, is I appreciate you coming on to the show and being as transparent as you are. These are real-life conversations that we need to have on the regular, not just on the podcast, but within our families. You know, one of the things I really want to harp on is, you know, we look at our youth and we see some of the things that they're doing, you know, whether it's on the news channel or just in, in our daily reactions. And we're like, wow, why are you like this? And, and we don't really get into the deep root cause of what causes this. And it could be something that's mm-hmm. your, your, your situation where they're just angry and they don't know how to, to they don't have an outlet to 
to really get this out because nobody either believes them or understands them. So that's yeah. why when I talk to you about being an advocate, I'm telling you, I think that is your calling. And, and I really hope you take what I'm saying and, and pursue that because mm -hmm. you can probably peel back some of those onions and really save somebody's life yeah. out here or at least keep them out of jail. Mm -hmm. You know, mental health is a big deal. And some of that mental health is not just genetic. Some of that is physical, just just growing up at three and not understanding what the hell just happened to me. And mm -hmm. now I don't understand why I'm like this. So thank you for coming on to the show, being transparent. Thank you for sharing your, your thoughts. And I just look forward to seeing your great work from you coming on. OK, well, thank you. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. All right, y'all. So listen, I know we just um, because Nate got the. Uh, you know, he got the old Obama rotary type of Internet. OK, his y'all missed the quote. So the quote was this. We cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that we used when we created them. OK, and that's by uh, Albert Einstein. So but look, Miss Sabrina, we got one minute and I'm about to do this for you. OK, this is about to be the black collar corner. All right. So this is a part of the book, right? The Black Collar Mindset book, where a chapter called Never Stop, all right? And then what I have in there is that um, you must do what's right, no matter who's looking. Mm -hmm. So how did you, well, how do you plan on continuously doing that in your life? And what would you tell individuals that's watching and listening right now about Never Stop? One thing I live by is just using my voice and not being afraid to use it, you know, regardless uh, of what's coming out. It's OK to uh, have it's OK to be mad. It's OK to be sad. It's OK to have feelings. We're human. Right. So just use your voice. Let it out. If you need to get on a rooftop and go scream, whatever the case may be, just let your voice be heard. You know, if you have to write something down, if you need to write a letter to somebody, you may not know how to use your voice verbally, write it down, send it to them. You know, whatever the case may be, just let your voice be heard and just continue to stand behind who you are. Mm. you seriously for being on on behalf of me and look and also too uh ladies and gentlemen we got uh herm he was out today he's sick right now so y'all just put him in your prayers real smooth right uh he's probably out of line drinking too much of that jack need to be on that uncle nearest y'all know what it is but anyway the thing is is that um this is a real real conversation sabrina we would love for you to come back you know what i'm saying yeah right because look we got some things to do we got individuals to affect and and really get in front of this microphone that's what we do in alliance den and other content creators right we connect but then we make things happen so yeah. ladies and gentlemen i want to make sure y'all have yourself a great outstanding weekend this has been the lion's den this is what we do y'all take it easy later don't get left behind stay updated make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the lion's pride network